Lowry for three. Bang! In and out, misses. Siakam the rebound. Green for three. Bang! Ball knocked loose, and Leonard able to save it. Danny Green for three. Bang! Danny Green! To the basket. Bogut. Green. Curry tries, comes around. Curry tries the three-pointer. Bang! Van Vliet, another three. Bang! Leonard for three. Bang! Brother? What's good, bro? What's up, man? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Sorry, it took a little while, man. I was just doing some laundry, you know, some some adult type shit. <laughs> no, no, you good. You good. How's everything? Holding it down? Yes, sir. You know, we holding the fort down out here. That's good. That's good. Did it start snowing up where you are or not yet? Yeah, it was snowing this morning when I woke up for a little bit and it started like slushing and then raining, raining later on in the day. Yeah, bro. We got the same uh, same thing down here up in Thorold, bro. Like it, it like hit, us, it hit me by surprise this morning. Like I woke up. And they said it was going to snow. I was like, okay, like, it'll drizzle for a bit. And I woke up, and there was, like, legitimate a couple centimeters of snow on the ground. And then it started yeah. raining, like, about two hours ago. I think yeah, it stopped perhaps. now, and it's, and it's supposed to start up again in the morning or something like that. Damn. Yeah, bro, it's tough, but, you know, it's 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 not too, too bad. Like, no, it's, it's not that bad. Honestly, I kind of like snow, not going to lie. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind winter, to be honest. Like, obviously, like, it's cold and whatnot. But, like, once you go through your first couple, like, rodeos of having the winters, like, the, the bad mm-hmm. winters, you're golden. Yeah, Mm-hmm. Pretty much. That's it, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Again, joining us, Mr. Thomas Wilkes. Welcome back. Uh, this week, we're doing the NBA draft recap. Um, obviously, big night for all the NBA uh, young guns. Uh, guys looking to make a name for themselves heading forward. Uh, Mr. T. Wilk, I'm going to start off with you. Um, mm. Any surprises with the NBA draft? Um, I wouldn't say surprises, if not. I would say more of disappointment, if anything. Okay. Um, obviously, you know, I would have liked to see LaMelo Ball be the number one overall draft pick. But um, actually, you know what? I'm not going to lie. I I was surprised that Anthony Edwards was the first overall draft pick. Really? I think that that's maybe the biggest gamble on a first-round draft, on like the first overall draft pick in the NBA since, I don't know, Anthony Bennett. Maybe. Wow. But I am shocked that neither LaMelo Ball nor James Wiseman went first overall. Okay. And I got to ask you why, though. Well, if you look at Anthony Edwards, like he's what, a 6'5", 225-pound shooting guard that shoots, what, 27% from three in the university. Okay. Um. I just got his stats here. He had, what, 19 points, five rebounds, three assists, um, shot 40% from the field. So not bad. Um, But for me, that's not the sort of player that you see, like, excel, especially in the NBA right away. And that's the sort of player that takes, like, three, four, five years to really develop into their own sort of um, perennial all-star, shall we say caliber mm-hmm. player whereas someone like james wiseman who's, he's a freak of nature right he's a seven foot one 240 pound absolute monster uh-huh. like, this guy's been like the number one thought to be draft pick for the past three years be other than Lamelo ball and there was times where cole anthony was talked about to be the number one overall pick uh-huh. um, wiseman only played three games 
in uh, last year, but 19 points, 10 rebounds. Like, the guy's a monster. He shot, like, 77% from the field in university in, in these the three games he played. No, I, I think the issue with the three games he played, it, it wasn't up to him. It no. was the fact that the NCAA had come, and there were some allegations that I believe he took money to play and his parents had competition. Something like that. I don't know. There's, There's something... something so many weird Something things to... go on in the NCAA, man. It is hard to, hard to keep. So, I mean, everybody kind of knew. Everybody knows what players are taking money. It's mm-hmm. just that it's that when the NCAA gets caught knowing that they have players get money, they can't turn a blind eye. Yeah. Sort of like, thing. So, like, I'm, I'm sure there's players that took money that we all know about, but the NCAA doesn't know about in air quotes. Yeah. True. And didn't say anything about it. That's just True. my logic behind that. Yeah, for me, I almost think of like the NCAA, like high caliber players, as almost money laundering, in my uh-huh. opinion, because it's it's almost like you pay your players by giving them stuff. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Look at someone like Zion Williamson. Like, you really think this guy wasn't giving out money to go and do whatever he wanted when he was a Duke, like stuff like that. You know, like this guy was, what he was going and getting his own shoes customized for every Duke game. You know. Like, yeah, like stuff like that. There's no way this guy's not getting paid like under the table, you know? No, and I and everybody knows it. That's the thing. Yeah. Right. It's just that the NCAA had no proof, right? Or they they knew they knew Duke was obviously giving him money, but there was no trace of the money. But that's what I'm saying. Like it, it, it it's almost like money laundering. You know, it's like everyone knows that they're doing it. It's just they're hiding it. It's the same way that like the Mexican cartel is like yeah to be touched because everyone knows they're doing it, but like. They hide it so well that you can't come up with yeah, they, evidence. They just mix the, the they just they just clean the dirty money that they have. So exactly. So and that's why the the James Wiseman thing. You know when people say, "Oh, you only played three games," but I guarantee you, if you played the whole season and Memphis makes a run at the NCAA tournament, which I think they could have. Oh, hundred uh, percent. Um, you know, I can see a stat line. You know, maybe dropping a point and a half. Yeah. Down, oh, yeah. Down to eighteen. 18.2 points. I'd see his That's field the... goal percentage dropping by somewhere from 5 to 10% if he's playing like 20 to 30 games in a year. And that's still good for a oh, guy of his size. It's amazing. Like this like this is what I'm saying. Like when you draft someone into the NBA, you're not drafting them based off of their skill set and what they have. Obviously, that's part of it, but you're obviously drafting someone that you think has these physical tools that you can take and teach within your own organization. That's why someone like you don't find a seven foot one, two forty pound dude with a seven foot eleven wingspan like he has that can shoot the ball and put the ball on the floor. You know, you don't find that every day, and you almost have to take him first overall because like these are never seen physical talents. It's the same way. It's like there's no way you don't take Zion Williamson number one overall. Like this guy can no. barely shoot a basketball. But he's also got a what a forty nine inch vertical, and he's a two hundred and eighty pound monster that can get to the rack whenever he wants to, right? Like, you got to take that person first overall because you can teach those skills later on. It's just those like unteachable qualities that you want so badly on your team, and like someone like James Wiseman, like his um, obviously his abilities and his size put him, I think, in that sort of untangibles category that you can't teach that. So I, I, I'm very surprised that he wasn't taken number one overall. I, I think it's just like a fit. 
uh, at that point. You know, I just think that the the Wolves had a five already. Yeah. And Carl Anthony Towns. Well, Carl so, uh, Anthony Towns is arguably the best center in the NBA, like the most talented center in the NBA. Uh huh. And I think he's more skilled than Joel Embiid. Oh. I and I think, and I think that Carl Anthony Towns is more focused on his production rather than the extracurriculars that Embiid is focused yeah, on. Yeah, and, and Carl Anthony Towns also plays on probably one of the worst-run organizations in the NBA as well as one of the worst teams in the NBA historically. Like, they've made the playoffs, what, once in the last 15, 20 years? Like, I think the last time they made the playoffs was when Stephon Marbury and Kevin Garnett were running. No, the no, they made the playoffs um, a couple of years back when it was Jimmy Butler and Carl. And, but they got they got swept in the first round by uh, LeBron, I think. Um, but what I'm saying is that, yeah, it would have been weird to draft James Wiseman when you have a cat playing center already. But at the same time, Anthony Edwards, like, it's just such a gamble to me. Like, there's not really much that jumps out at you other than he's, like, athletic, you know? And, uh-huh. Um, I'm not saying he's garbage, but to me, like when I think of a first overall draft pick, I want somebody that's going to put people in the stands. I want someone who has been on everyone's map for time seeing like this Uh is a legitimate superstar. Like he one day could be a superstar. And I'm not saying Anthony Edwards couldn't, but in my books, I'm like, I don't know. I I, I think there could have been better choices. Like I would have taken LaMelo ball any day over Anthony Edwards. I would have taken, okay. I would have taken LaMelo ball first overall over James Wiseman. Okay. All right. I, I, I understand. I understand your reasoning. Mm-hmm. And I, that's why I'm not, that doesn't surprise me that, that you would say something like that because at the end of the day, you got to take what's best for your organization. I get you yeah. got to want to take the best player variable. So I understand that. Um, number three, LaMelo ball went to the Hornets. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't surprise me no. that uh, uh, the uh, the opportunity was was given for a dying organization like the Hornets. They needed a ticket seller. Yeah. They, like you said, somebody put oh, guys in the seats. He will put he will up their ticket sales by five to ten percent just by being on the team. I and the unfortunate the unfortunate thing is that he gets drafted during exactly. COVID. I'm sure I'm sure for a fact that if we were to look at ticket prices before the NBA draft for the Toronto, like say for example, we look at the Toronto Raptors home game ticket prices before LaMelo got drafted to the Hornets and we look at them after, I guarantee mm-hmm. we see a spike in about 30 to $40 per ticket. Oh, 100%. This guy, this kid's jersey sales are going to be flying off the charts. You know, he's the most, like, highly anticipated person to be coming into the NBA other than Zion Williamson since I can't even think who has been more, like... LeBron. Maybe LeBron, LeBron but it's not, like... LaMelo Ball has like some crazy athleticism and he's just yammering on everyone. It's like everyone just everyone just knows who he is. He's got the superstar mentality, lifestyle, the skill set, you know, the look, the feel, like the popularity, like all of it. He's uh-huh. just like already sort of a superstar and he's already played a year of pro basketball. That's another thing I don't think people understood was like a lot of people don't understand that they're like, oh, he played in the NBL. That's so much easier. No, it is not. Believe me when I say it I, is not easier than the NCAA. It's much harder. I think the best – I think I argue with a lot of people over this last year, and I think kind of people like were like kind of backtracked on their ideas. I think the best thing for LaMelo Ball was for him going to play overseas. Oh, 100%. And, and the reason I say this is because you look at LaMelo. LaMelo gained his fame 
by taking 40, 50 shots a game at Chino's well, like right? 60, when, 70, his, but... <laughs> yeah, once his brothers left, he took all the shots. Mm-hmm. Every single shot. So, so he was trained to uh, take every shot. So if he would have gone to play at, you know, UCLA, wherever the case may be, I'm pretty sure he was going to go to UCLA. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think I don't think UCLA recruited too, too well this no. year. So that means he would have had to take more of more shots than he would have done. Yeah. And what teams would have done is just been like, okay, we'll just double him and force him to, to pass to somebody who's worse and, than and, him. Yeah, it's, right? it's, it's not only that. Turnovers would have increased. Yeah, it's not only that for me, like – also, at the same time, one of the reasons I think it was so good for him to go overseas and play, it's because he's been he's been a celebrity since he was 15. He's literally been a, a, a basketball world and Hollywood celebrity since he was 15 years old. And look at players whose careers were almost, like, ruined by partying and fame. Look at someone like Johnny Manziel. Like, his entire career, uh-huh. you, you, I, I personally think it's because of his fame and his partying and coke, crap, you know, whatever. Um, uh-huh. But I think that if LaMelo Ball had stayed in the U.S. and gone to an NCAA university, his popularity and fame would have skyrocketed even more, that his celebrity status would have been hard for mm-hmm. him to deal with going into the NBA draft. But now that he went overseas and played with full-grown men in a professional league where he has to deal with things normally, like a normal person, no celebrity status. Yeah. Like Obviously, there's the celebrity status still, but he's playing in a pro league with grown men you know, girl. Well, I mean, girls are going to be chasing him everywhere, but you know, he's not going to be walking around some university campus with everyone wanting to talk to him. You know what I'm uh-huh. saying? Like, I feel like that's been good for his maturity, and you can also see it in him as a person. He has matured a lot in the last two, three. Years. I think he's calmed down. He has a calmed down bit. a lot. I think, I think just going overseas, right? It does a lot. Hundred oh, percent. On the simple fact that a, you know, it teaches you about the game of basketball that. You can do other things besides score to benefit oh, your team, right? If you looked at some this of his highlights, when he played, when he played for Lara, it's all his passing skills. You look at all his highlights when he played for Spire and Chino Hills the and the GD. center line and shooting. And, yeah, exactly. So I think he just grew m- mentally mm-hmm. and physically, right? You look at he's more conditioned now, right? He's obviously he's still a bit lanky, still a bit skinny, but he put in a little bit of muscle. Yeah. So he's got like that that skinny boy strength yeah. now, and I think with what, what you're saying, um, the maturity levels and um, now he's calmed down a little bit. He's a bit more humble, you know. It's good because now he's more willing to draw attention to his basketball than he is to himself as a yeah, person. Yeah, and I, I I I honestly think that he's the perfect mix of what you need to be a superstar in the NBA, and that's because he's been raised like like it's what his dad always says what his dad is says is kind of true i would never promote that style of fathering your children but you know i mean it kind of has worked to the fact that um he's pretty much lived the life of a full-time basketball player since he was 14 years old and it shows in every single game that he plays in or if you look in his his highlights where he's playing a pro league in the australia he made full-grown 35 year old men who've been playing pro basketball for 10 15 years look like they were kids on the court you know because he's been living that lifestyle doing that thing for so long that's all he's ever known right um and not only that like you could make the argument oh lonzo had that and he's garbage first of all i don't think he is garbage i think he is an incredible point guard um but watch LaMelo Ball being able to watch Lonzo and see what Lonzo had to deal with 
And now he kind of knows because his brother has told him about it and been like, yo, this is what you're going to go through and this is what you're going to deal with. And obviously Lonzo had it really bad. Like people hated on him so much when he didn't live up to that, um, that hype that he got. Um, I think that that's going to, you know, enable LaMelo to be even that much better because he kind of has an idea of what's coming now. No, I completely agree with you. And a little sidetrack question for you. Um, do you remember? Do you do you know who Julian yeah, Newman is? I I assume. I of course, assume I, you know I, who I he cannot is. stand that guy. But yeah. Um, <laughs> I woke up this morning, and I saw this video on Instagram, and it was Julian Newman's dad <laughs> talking about uh, when Julian Newman's school was gonna play Spire. Uh, I think they're like it's the year. biggest game of your life, blah blah blah, and they got blown out by like sixty. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, like I don't understand what the hype – like, the only reason that kid was ever hyped up because he had some flashy dribbles. Like, at the end of the day, that kid will – No, that's like, what I told people. He will like, never go anywhere. He's, like, five foot four. Do you know like, – like, if you saw him running and, like, just pick up basketball with LaMelo, like, they were literally laughing at him. Like, this is, like, the easiest player ever to guard. Like, it's just stupid. And the thing that, that annoys me about him is just that – Okay, you gained your fame off of your, you know, your hardcore dribbles, your left to right, your, you know, yeah. you know what I mean. And then after that, he has no, nothing. He's, he's a terrible shooter. Like first of all, he shoots from his chest. He's like five foot six. Can't even touch like the netting. Like where? Like like if this guy was to ever play any high level level of basketball, who is he gonna guard? Who is that guy gonna guard? Like on the? Do you know? Have any idea how much of a defensive liability that kid would be? No, I, I completely agree with you. And the reason I ask you this is because this Julian Newman is uh, Lamelo Ball's yeah. age, so that meant that Julian Newman would have had would have had to play, or would have been in university by now. But yet, no team, no one wants this guy on their team. Are you kidding? They don't want to deal with the attitude and the like. No, no, I, I, you and I are laughing now. But here's my thing: it's just that. The fact that not even D2 and D3 no schools reached him. out to you. I wouldn't want him on my university team. I'm Brock. Like, <laughs> the only reason I would ever want him is for, like, get some sort of fame. That's it. Like, No, I, I, I'm with you 100%. But it just makes me giggle that his dad, you know, tried to do yeah, a little so funny. Right? This guy's dad, like, if everyone sees how delusional Lavar is sometimes, this guy literally just tried to be the same. It's like, dude, you tried to, like, model your life after a delusional dude? Like, on it, like, what is your deal? But that's what that that's what they were. They were just they were just a, a replica. Yeah, a yeah. Well, replica the worst world. quality cameras and terrible everything. It's just sad. It's like, dude, what are you doing yeah, with your life? I... Uh... It just it just made me like giggle because you know Lavar did it and got away with it because his son oh, had the talent. Right? This guy's son got no talent. But, like, damn. But you can't just do that and hope for the same no. results. If your son, all he does is dribble left to right and come. Oh, turnovers. he's a turnover machine. Are you kidding? I just wanted to ask you oh, about. Yeah, that. I just wanted hilarious. to ask you. I, I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I gave me a good chuckle. Um, at number four, the Chicago Bulls took Patrick yeah. Williams. Um, little off the board pick, considering the man only averaged nine points in uh, at Florida State. Uh, he was, uh, you know, he was all right defensively. Um, I don't see why the Bulls would have taken this I, guy. An, um, I think you know, he's Chicago- just another one of those incredible 
physical gifts. You know, six eight, seven foot two wingspan, two twenty five pounds. He's got like a forty two uh-huh. inch vertical. You know, think someone like Derek Jones Jr. He's kind of built like that. That's that's the sort of guy that they just they just drafted, and they're going to obviously want to make him a little more skilled. And if you know, you know, who Derek Jones Jr. is plays for Miami. The guy with the ridiculous yeah, hops. You know, if this guy can. Um, get some skill to go along with that athleticism. That's an unguardable human being, you know? So that's, uh-huh. I mean, they drafted him there in Chicago, you know, they kind of need someone like that. They're kind of, mm-hmm. you know what? Chicago sucks. You know, if we're being honest, Chicago is the worst. Okay. Like I do not no, know no. how <laughs> you could ever be a fan of that team. It is just so painful year in and year out, but I don't know. They, they drafted a decent player. Um, like all these guys are going to be the same at the end of the day, Matias. Like they're just athletic dudes. No one actually knows how good they're going to be in the NBA. If we're being honest, no, that's what I'm saying. I I think that was, that pick surprised a lot of people. Um, the next three picks were Isaac Okoro, Onyeka Kanu, Killian yeah. Hayes. Um, I got to talk to you about the Obi Toppin pick at eight for the New York mm-hmm. Knicks. Um, a lot of Knicks fans disappointed in this. Um, oh, I don't know any. I don't know any Knicks fans that are happy right now with any. Of the Has a Knicks fan ever been happy? Like honestly, um, I can't remember the last time. Actually, maybe when Carmelo dropped sixty. Yeah, maybe that's like the Warriors. last time that they were happy. Or Chris Stapps hit that game-winning buzzer beater a couple of years ago against. I can't remember who it was, but I think those are like the only two times that people have been happy in New York. <laughs> How do you how do you how do you fare that the what do you think the Knicks are trying to build? Here? I don't know what they're trying you know, to build. A bunch took... of losses and mental breakdowns for their fans. Like I don't know what they're trying to do, but nothing that they are doing is working. Um, I like didn't I think a few years ago they completely rehashed all of their front office, all their coaching staff, everything, and it was just as bad, if not worse. So I don't know if New York's got some kind of curse. But it is sad to say today that the Brooklyn Nets are the better New York team than the New York Knicks with the history that the Knicks have. Um, I don't know if you saw this today, but the Knicks did end up getting Austin Rivers and Nervous mm-hmm. Noel. I saw Austin um, Rivers. I didn't see the Noel. Uh, I don't know why you feel the need um, to get a washed-up uh couple players no i wouldn't i, wouldn't, uh, I don't know i wouldn't I don't say know why that you... austin rivers is washed up i think austin rivers is a very very underrated player he's a very i think like austin him? rivers is a very good basketball player he um he's a really good six man he can start obviously he's not an incredible like jump off of the stat sheet like eye popping player but he's a lockdown perimeter defender works his ass off every single play. He's going to give it his all up and down the court every single minute that he's out there. He can shoot the ball. He can drive. Only thing that really hurts him is he's not the biggest and he's not the most athletic, but he he's a decent player. But if you like want to like go somewhere, obviously he's not going to cut it. You know, he could be like a seven, eight, nine off the bench, but like, it's not that he's terrible, but if that's your starting shooting guard, I'm not going to expect you to do anything. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I, it's kind of, I don't I don't agree with him being like a uh, a good player, but with the, with that being said, would you have paid him three years, ten million? I mean, I mean, what Fred Van Vliet got what twenty million over four years? So uh-huh. Austin Rivers, who I personally don't think is that bad, three point three million a year. I mean, I'd take that for a. 
decent player coming off the bench who can play and eat minutes. Okay. I take that, okay. yeah. Okay, so now that now that you've seen what the Knicks have, you know, RJ mm-hmm. Barrett. He's garbage. Um, they've, they've, you don't, I, you don't I like, like him because he's Canadian, but he's garbage. No offense. No offense wow. to any Canadian fans, but RJ Barrett is a, is a bust. Wow, okay. Um, what do you see the Knicks now doing in the future? Nothing. Because you have RJ, Obi. What do you target in free agency? You know, you've kind of lost your, I mean, your, your you can, attractiveness. That's what I'm saying. Agency. Honestly, they can target whoever they want, but I will eat my shoe if any big-name signing will ever go to New York again until they start winning on their own. Because it is because, a – it's like the Toronto Maple Leafs toxicity fan base of basketball. Like, it's like okay. if you're good, everyone loves you. If you're bad, you will be, like, death threats – hate mail, booed in your own court. Like, that is just, it's not the most, you know, I want to go play there, you know, because if you know if you fail, the entire city wants you dead, you know. So it, it's not the most um, appealing, shall we say. So I think they need to win on their own if they're going to ever do anything, and that's going to take four or five years. Because there was a time where you and I growing up, I remember – when people used to talk about free agency destinations, oh, New York, 100%. LA, Miami, were the you top know, three. The Knicks, JR Swish, Iman Shumpert, when they had um, Carmelo, Carmelo, Carmelo there, and he was eating. Um, Stoudemire was there for a few years, I believe. Um, yeah. And Jason, Jason Kidd was Kidd there was for there, a few years, right? right? Um, but but they were a good they, They've always been a, historically a good team, but the last five years, you know, but I I just feel bad for this guy that they 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 drafted. He's obviously a good player. He's played in I think he played in the Euro League. Is that right? The guy they drafted uh, eighth overall. Yeah. Obi Toppin. No, uh, he, uh, oh, he played, he played in, in university. university. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't really looked at his stats, but I know like from talking to some people that he's a skilled player. He's not a crazy athletic though. Um, apparently he can shoot the ball pretty well. I, I, again, I haven't really looked at him much. Um, but again, it's that same situation with uh, Chris Stapps. Remember when Chris Stapps got drafted like third overall or whatever it was, it was, he got booed uh-huh. in New York because the draft was there. Like everyone wanted uh-huh. him, him dead. But, um, what was it? I don't know who was, I don't know who, who they could have, who the Knicks could have taken. Well, like, I don't I don't know who, who else was on the board of that. Well, time. for me, it's like he was actually a really good player, um, Chris Knapps, and he deserved a lot better than what he got. But no, I, I agree with you completely. Yeah, I, 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 I couldn't tell you again. He's drafted what eighth overall. He's a decent, he's a decent player, but again, to say that. He's going to go anywhere. It's really hard to say, but you got to give the guy a chance, obviously. But that's hard to give anyone a chance when they play in New York. No, and going back to the idea of the Chris Stapps thing, you know, the players taken after him were Mario Hazonia, Willie Cauley Stein, Moutier, Stanley Johnson, Kaminsky, Justin Winslow, Miles Turner, <laughs> Trey Lyles, Devin Booker, Cameron Pay, Kelly Oubre, Rozier, Rashad okay, later Vaughn, in the draft Grant, was DeLon Wright, and. Yeah, so it, I mean, number one was Towns, number two was Russell, number three was mm-hmm. Julio Okafor. So at the end of the day, like you can't, you couldn't forecast 
that that Devin Booker no, would have become no. a superstar. And that's what I'm saying. Like, now. You would never, so, like, Devin Booker, when he's getting drafted, that's the kind of guy you would never be like, oh, I'm drafting him, like, top five. Because, like, if he's playing in university, obviously he didn't have the same skill set that he's learned by training with NBA trainers every day, right? And when he's in university, like, this guy could barely dunk. You know, like, he's not the greatest defender, but he can shoot the lights out. That's not someone that's going to go high in the draft pick because everyone wants that massive, you know, 50,000-inch vertical dude that's yammering on eight people at the same time, you know? So it's hard to be like, oh, yeah, well, they should have drafted him higher. Well, you know, no one ever drafts that sort of player that high, you know? No, no, I, I agree with you. Um, skipping down the board a little bit, uh, your boy uh, Cole Anthony was taken fifteenth yep. by the Magic. Kind of, kind of nice to see the Magic uh, getting some youth. You know, trying to work uh, around. You know, uh, Aaron Gordon um, and the rest of the squad. Um, does Cole Anthony strike you as you know possibly the new starting point guard for the Magic? Um, I don't know. It, that that's another one that's a. Uh... What should I call it? A wild card because um, they've got Mart. Uh, they got Fultz, who himself is a first, uh, who was a first overall pick. I think Fultz was probably the dumbest first overall draft pick I've ever. Well, Anthony Bennett probably was the worst first overall draft pick ever. But Fultz, he obviously flopped like no other first round uh, first overall draft pick we've ever seen. You know, can't even shoot a basketball anymore. No one even knows what's going on with him. Uh, uh, he's Markel actually played overseas. Uh, no, not Markel Fultz. Anthony oh, yeah, Bennett. Anthony Bennett. He's doing whatever he's doing. No one really knows what the heck happened to Markel Fultz's shoulder. You know, he couldn't even shoot a basketball after. Um, Michael Carter-Williams, he's another point guard that plays for Orlando. I think he's mediocre, to say the least. Um, but skill-wise, Cole Anthony will be the best guard on Orlando. Um, but you know, readiness wise, eh, it's kind of hard to say if he's ready to go right away, you know, to be that starting point guard. Cause Orlando's not a bad team. Like they're, they're a decent team. You know, they got, uh, Vooch up at power forward. He's a very good player. I think he was a, um, all-star last year. Um, yeah. Where is Vooch on this roster? I can't find it. Oh, there he is. He's at the bottom. He should be there. Um, Jonathan Isaac was actually very good last year as well. He's someone who shows a lot of uh, promise. Jonathan Isaac's, what, a seven-footer that shoots like 35% from three. Um, Yeah, and then um, obviously Aaron Gordon. We all know about Aaron Gordon. They got T. Ross as well. So they're not bad. Remember the Raptors, you know, lost game one to them back in their uh, title run. Um, they're not yeah. bad, but Cole Anthony, he's a he's an interesting one because originally going into, I think it was their grade 12 year, uh, Cole Anthony was the projected first overall draft pick over Melo. Um, and then I think uh-huh. he tore his ACL, was it? Uh, I don't remember anything about him tearing the ACL, but I know that Cole Anthony, the, the, the thought of him kind of slowed down just because the Lamelo saw oh, he did tear his up, ACL. Like yeah, he did tear his ACL in the first year. Yeah, Cole Anthony halfway through uh, his freshman year and um... at Oak Hill was he when he, when he was at Oak Hill? No, no, he when he was uh, when he was playing for um, 
the Tar Heels, UNC. Like his, okay. his first year, the UNC tore his uh, ACL about halfway through the season, and that's why I think his draft stock dropped so much. Um, because you know, no one wants to draft a guy that's already torn his ACL. You know, like who, who's gonna be like, yeah, let's uh-huh. draft a D Rose. You know, like <laughs> it's kind of a waste of a pick. But he did, no, I... he did play what twenty two games, eighteen points, five assists, uh, five rebounds. Um, he was on the um, all ACC team and ACC all freshman team, so he's obviously a good player. And he's also uh, yeah. he's also yeah. our age too. He's twenty. So um, <laughs> no, right? don't you ever just feel like a failure when you're seeing all these young people get drafted? And you're like, oh my, god. oh my god! Like you, I like I look at I look at the draft right. And I look at the fact that Lamelo's a year old, like oh a year God, younger pathetic. than myself, and that I, I have really? a Lamelo Ball jersey. I have a guy, I have a guy who's a year younger than yep, me's jersey. You know what I mean? And then he goes and gets drafted, and, and he's he got paid more money, um, being number three than I'll yep, ever get paid in my uh, life. It's quite sad. You know isn't what it? I mean, so you're saying your your head scratching. Yeah, you're like, where did much, I go wrong? You know? And. Uh, like I said, I feel like a failure sometimes, but at the end of the day, you know, sometimes it's just luck. Um, no, but Cole Anthony, obviously a good pickup, like you said. Um, with DJ Augustin leaving for Milwaukee, I think uh, he could fly to be their uh, yes. starting point guard. I think his, I think his quick pace of play uh, kind of helps out the, the magic in a really, like, lackluster East division. You know, I think uh, being able to push the pace and the tempo – uh, could really benefit the Magic, um, so I just think that that's one of the one of the benefits of drafting yeah, a, uh, a crafty point guard like player. Cole Anthony. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if come you know December twenty second when the league is set to begin that we see him uh, you know start. Um, I want to shuffle down the draft board uh, to yep. the Raptors pick at twenty nine. Um, obviously, wasn't expecting the, nobody was expecting the Raptors to get a steal of drafts, and nobody's expecting the Raptors to get no. you know a top fifteen pick. They take uh, Malachi Flynn, um, shooting guard. Uh, now the Raptors are kind of you know in that post championship phase where you know they're getting older, so they're trying to develop young. Um, Gasol is gone, Ibaka is gone. Um, you know they just signed Boucher today. They picked up Aaron Baines. Um, you know, Kyle Lowry's kind of out the door. They paid Fred Van Vliet um, big money. Where do you see, you know, the, this team oh, kind of heading now? Because they're still a playoff team, and they're still, you know, a number two, number three team in the East. Um, and I think they can still make a deep run in the playoffs, despite what um, people think. For me, I look at the Toronto Raptors right now, and I say um, – I, I honestly don't know what to say. Obviously, losing Surge really hurts. He, he brought a lot to the team. I don't think Aaron Baines is that great of a player, honestly. Uh, oh, I, nope, I, I don't I know don't what, so what they're thinking by picking him up. But, uh, you know, I guess it is what it is. Chris Boucher is trash, I think. I I, I just think that, um, you know, he hasn't proven – uh, yeah, I, so, I, I don't yeah, think Toronto you know? will do anything unless they pick another player up who is a starting guard power forward. Like, it, 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 they're just not talented enough. Um, 
be, they are obviously like they have that sort of San Ant- prime San Antonio mentality, you know, where every player is just as important as the next. But at the end of the day, you're not going to give it. Uh-huh. The reason that Toronto couldn't beat the Celtics is because is at the end of the day, when the, it comes down to the wire, you, you need someone to go get a bucket. They don't have anyone to go and get them a bucket. You know, Fred Van Vliet, a 6'1", 210-pound guy with, like, a 20-inch vertical, he can only do so much, you know? Like, Kyle Lowry is he, – he's a great player in his own way, but he's not a, a perennial scorer at any means. They don't have a perennial score. That's their problem, is they need someone who can go out and score. Remember when Toronto went deep? Deep, the amount of games they won just by handing the ball to Kawhi and saying, we're all just getting out of the way. You go do some crazy thing and make us all confused. Okay? No, I, I'm i with you 100%. I remember, I remember watching those games. And, you know, obviously having a perennial superstar does help. And, you know, that's why it kind of bothers me when the Raptors, you know, waste money on stupid role players and shell them big money. I have no problem if you bring in Aaron Baines. But he's, and he's not, not your worth starting center. That kind you of will money. never win anything with Aaron Baines as a starting center. Like he's not bad. I'm not trying to hate on the guy, but like, you you think you think Aaron Baines is a uh, a championship winning center? No, no, I don't think I don't think Aaron Baines is even a even a top one hundred. I I, 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 I honestly couldn't tell you what 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 the move behind that is, but I I I I, I feel for Toronto right now. Um, Fred Van Vliet, I do think, is the best player on the team. Um, and they need to keep him. I think uh, Terrence Davis will need to pick up a bigger role next year. I think Norman Powell will need to be more consistent. Um, Chris Boucher will need to be good enough to start. There's so many what ifs, you know. Um, yeah, there, there's just so many players on their team that we don't really know how good they are. But they're all role players. You think I play like I'll name them off: Powell, Lowry, Van Vliet, OG, um, even last year Ibaka, uh, Boucher. Every single one of these players is not a superstar or even an all-star. They're all just people that are there to facilitate and score on occasion. They're like eleven point per game players, if not less. And you're not going to win a championship with that, you know. No, I and I'm and I'm with you on that. So. I want to see the Raptors, yeah. you know, kind of target a big name, you know. And I think it's time that, you know, if we're not going to target a big name, you know, start using yeah. the rotation more effectively, you know. Start start running yeah. start running Terrence Davis a little bit more, you know. Start running Derwin Hernandez a bit more, you know. Start giving these guys, you know, um, the chance to fail and succeed, you know. In a game where you're down two, you know, give yeah. it to give it to Terrence Davis. 100%. I'm, I, I agree with you. I could not you know? be more in agreement with you. Like, if you lose the game, fine. You know, like Michael Jordan said, you know, the biggest oh, tool to success is failure. You. you know, if at 23, right, you know, Terrence yeah. Davis is 23, 22, I think, right? And he hits and he all he knows is, you know, quick four points and he's out the game, right? And then you end up going into the playoffs and say some of your players get hurt. He doesn't know anything else but, oh, shit, when's the next guy coming in? Because I sure as hell don't play these kind of minutes. And he's not going to be used to having the ball in clutch situations. So in games where, you know, you know, you can afford a loss, right? You can afford a loss, right? You're playing, you know, 
you know, the Knicks and you're already 20 points, uh, 20 games clear of first place, screw it. You know, give him the ball. You know, let him, let him soak a double yeah. team. You know, let's see what he has. Let him learn. So, for when the future, when that happens again, he already has the experience of going through that. So, that's where my rationale kicks in. So, I think if the Raptors want to go young and want to do, like, the quick rebuild, you know, let these guys, you know, mess up a little bit. You know, don't obviously let them, uh, you know, soak the media and the whole, like, uh, kerfuffle and, and people criticizing them for taking the bad shot, right? So, that way they learn. That's the whole process now. If you want it, your young players, they got to go through the whole learning process. And that's step one. You know, step two is, you know, letting them lose a couple, you know, obviously soaking a couple uh, tough games that you shouldn't have lost. And then by stage three, you know, your players are hungry to win. And that's what I think the Raptors hit their peak is that all the young players that the Raptors had from their playoff run with Brooklyn and Washington and Cleveland, they just got fed up and like, you know what, let's win. And, you know, they showed it. Uh, when they won the championship, they were all hungry. You know, obviously having Kawhi help, but I think it was a combination mm-hmm. of all those things. Put One together. player in the on the Raptors I would like to see shoot uh, play more um, is Matt Thomas. A hundred percent. This guy shot forty nine percent from three last year. Um, I, I personally think he could be the best shooter in the NBA in three or four years. He is lights out. I would like to see him play more too. No, Matt. I think Matt Thomas is the most disrespected uh, player on the Raptors guy is... uh, roster. Um, I don't know if you saw his year. Was that? I don't know if you saw his highlights when he played in the Euro League, but that man oh, he can, can shoot he the legs out. Shoot. It's 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 ridiculous. And it's scary that you know the Raptors are afraid to use him because of how good he is. Like I think. I think if you're the Raptors, you just yeah, and especially run. when they were struggling so much from three in recent years. Like, why would you not play them more? Like, I, <laughs> no, I, I'm with you 100. Um, you know, with free agency kind of left, do you see any moves that the Raptors could pull off? Um, that you know could make the team better in your opinion? Honestly, man, like I, I don't really think there is much out there right now. Um. And if there are, it's very hard as a Toronto team to um, get them to come play with you. You know, um, I, I don't think Toronto is the most sought after place to go play. Um, uh-huh. Brandon Ingram is the only player I can think of right now who is still a free agent. Uh, that could be someone uh-huh. that could be possibly game changing. Hassan Whiteside, you know, if they want to sort of replace Serge Ibaka with the sort of player that he is. Um, but um, apart from that, I, I'm not seeing much like a washed-up Kyle Korver, Matthew Dellavedova. Uh, no. I don't even want yeah, the guy like, within 10 feet. There's just not the really anything at this point for them to get that will be make a significant change to their team whatsoever unless they make a trade. And I think, you know, um, with the season starting up so quickly, I don't think you have a, I don't think you have a lot of time for a lot of turnover, right? Um, you know, I'm just looking at the list right here. Um, Anthony Davis is going to resign, you know, um, Aaron Baines, uh, you know, obviously signed with us. Marcus Saul is heading back to, heading to LA. Tristan mm-hmm. Thompson signed with the Celtics. Um, 
I mean, unless you want Taj Hell Gibson. No. I don't I don't think you want Taj Hell I don't no. think you want Taj Gibson. Um you'll keep no. Noah, I don't even want I don't even want to say his name. Um you want uh, Taco Fall, you know what? Get out of here with the that. Raptors brought in Taco Fall. I, I, I wouldn't be too upset, you know. Uh, you don't want, I to, want Taco I, listen, Fall, I, but I don't I like want to see the court unless we're up by forty. Okay, all right. So, so, so apart from that, you know, like you said, there's not much left. You know, a lot of these players are going to pick already picked those destinations. Uh, you know, so it's. It's obviously not no. the greatest free agency class, um, but at the same time, you know, it's kind of it's kind of a blessing in disguise, right? Um, just because you know the low the low turnover, right? Because the season starts, I think, within yep. a month now, a month today, the season starts on December twenty second. Uh, so you know, camp I believe is going to start within the next couple days. Uh, so. The, if you were to bring in a free agent, you would have to show them a whole yeah. new playbook and hope that they develop within a short period of time. So I think this is the only time where, you know, going after free agents helps you. Or don't not going after free agent helps you. Um, so I think the Raptors should just look to, you know, develop the young guys, you know, take the two draft picks, kind of put them through the ringer and put them through the G League. Um, so that's that's for me, I think, uh, the the draft kind of came and went. Uh, you know, you have your players now. Let's see what the Raptors can do in terms of success. Yeah. Um, I still think they'll make the playoffs. Uh, that's without a shot of a doubt. Um, I I think you're the yeah. same agreements as me with the Raptors making the playoffs. Um, in a hypothetical situation where the Raptors don't, right? What do you think? Uh, the I would say make a trade, pick up someone new, maybe rechange, like change the team up a little bit. Trade Kyle Lowry, put um, Van Vliet as the starting point guard. You know, maybe bring in some younger guys, uh, bring in some actually, you know, bring in some veterans to help out with the younger guys. Um, but I, I don't think there's really much you can change at this point because the team's kind of just the way that it is right now. Unless you make a massive blockbuster trade, I don't see this team changing much in the upcoming years. So you think that the Raptors? I think they're just going to stick with it with what it is, and if they become a very successful team, it will be coming from uh, development from within the organization. Okay, all right, mm-hmm. I, I respect that. I respect that. Um, you know, the Suns just picked up Chris Paul. Um, quick hot take: Do you think they'll um, make the playoffs? That's another wild card. They have a good team on paper, but you know the Suns do have a pretty garbage culture and. It's pretty painful in Phoenix for the last few years, but I think they were the only team that was undefeated in the bubble. Um, but they still didn't make the playoffs. But I, I uh-huh. think they could. I think they could. All right. All right. Uh, any any final? No, it's just always a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Thomas. Man, thank you for joining us. Um, I'm sure we'll get you on. You know, for the NBA season preview in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we'll fully discuss the season um as you know free agency kind of gets finalized we'll have a better idea of what teams are working with um thomas man stay safe take care ladies thank and gentlemen you, thank you guys for joining <laughs>